0: The passage today is Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 30. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered round Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from a marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, hypocrites as it is written these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me they worship me in vain their teachers their teachings are merely human rules you have let go of the commands of god and are holding on to human traditions and he continued you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of god in order to observe your own tradition for moses said honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death but you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban that is devoted to God then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do many things like that again jesus called the crowd to him and said listen to me everyone and understand this nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them rather it is what comes out of a person that defiles them and he had left the crowd after he had left the crowd and entered the house his disciples asked him about this parable Are you so dull? He asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile him? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared, all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come sexual immorality theft murder adultery greed malice deceit lewdness envy slander arrogance and folly all these evils come from inside and defile a person jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of tyre he entered a house and did not want anyone to know it Yet he could not keep his presence secret in fact as soon as she heard about him a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet the woman was a greek born in syrian phoenicia she begged jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter first let the children eat all they want he told her for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply you may go, the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon gone.
1: Well over the last few weeks we have been looking at the book of Psalms which are prayers that help us find safety and refuge and comfort from God in troubled times. But we're now going to return to our series in the book of Mark which is all about Jesus and we've called this series Recaptivated. Now I'm just going to give you a moment before I properly start in case you haven't got a Bible open and you don't know where it is somewhere in your living room. Uh, you can go and hunt for that or if you've got little kids you're trying to give them something to entertain them while we look at this bit of the bible and while you're doing that for those of us who are free to listen just to remind you we were going through this book of mark and we called the series recaptivated because we are looking at jesus again and for some of you watching this maybe looking at jesus for the first time we hope you'll be captivated by him think he's amazing For those who are familiar with these stories, we hope you'll be able to see again how brilliant Jesus is. So, that's a quick intro. I hope everybody's been able to get their Bible and give their kids unhealthy snacks to keep them quiet. And I'm going to start just by talking about how, for me, these days when I go out on my government mandated exercise, it has become apparent to me how judgmental I am. I walk past three or four people and I find myself staring at them thinking, I'm not sure they really live together. Or uh, quite frankly, I'm not a dog lover at the best of times, but I get irrationally angry at people not following the government advice to keep their dogs on a lead all the time. It's even stretched to watching scenes of TV dramas of people ages ago, all packed into a room, or a bar, or a club, being like, oh no, they can't be doing that. That's bad, they're terrible people. Now, when I've done that, what has happened is that I've taken something which is a good rule, it's put in place for our protection, it's right for us to obey it, but it is a man-made rule, and I've turned it into a way to judge whether other people are as good as me. So you could call me a social distancing Pharisee. The Pharisees at the start of Jesus, uh, the story about Jesus in Mark 7, I wonder if you read it, did you think they have a point? Now we know from earlier chapters of these books that they are not good people, they're bad. They've decided a long time ago with another political group to try and have Jesus killed. They're not nice people, we know that. But if we set that aside for a minute, set aside a murder plot, which I agree is like a big thing to set aside, but set it aside for a minute in one small sense, they do actually have a point at the start of this story. If you look at what they do, they uh, when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers and kettles. We know better than anyone at the moment that washing your hands when you get in from outside is a good and important thing to do. When you're keeping your kettles and your pots and pans clean, that's sensible. It's like social distancing. It's right. It protects us all. So when do I become a Pharisee? When do I become this very strong word Jesus uses, a hypocrite? Well, Jesus says if you use the following of man made rules, and particularly other people not following your man made rules, as a cover for the way you don't follow God's law yourself. Once we judge others as being worse than us for not following man made rules, instead of measuring ourselves against God's law, well then we've become pharisees once the measure of how good a person i am is against a man-made rule that's easy for me to follow instead of the law god has set down i've become a pharisee let's look further at this story first thing we see is that jesus gets them the pharisees and he gets us too look at what jesus says When he says they should clean their hands, he says, oh right, does not say, oh yes, you're right, we should clean our hands. But alcohol gel is a bit tricky to get hold of at the moment. He turns on them and quotes this prophecy in the Old Testament and says the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, is right about people like you. You are hypocrites. Look at what he says. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. See what he says to them. Your lips, you honor God, but in your heart, you're far from God. How do I know, Jesus says, because you've let go of God's commands and you go around forcing man-made commands on other people. Here's an example, he says. In the law from Moses, it says to honor your father and mother, that is a God-given law. But you, the Pharisees, have made up this system called Korban, where people devote money to God. It's a good thing to do to devote money to God. But then you say, even if someone's mother or father needs help, they can't obey God's law to honour their mother and father because they must obey your man-made law to leave that money devoted to God. And so you nullify the word of God to nullify God's law by making people obey your man-made law. Now can I say that is what many of us do when we are confronted by Jesus. The call of Jesus is that our hearts, our very being should belong to God. The very first law God gives is to love God above everything else from your heart. Everything else he commands falls out of that. And when I examine myself against that law I am painfully aware I have not done it. When we look at God's law, we haven't kept it. When we examine ourselves under the searchlight of God's law, and we think, what is my heart like towards the real and living God? It's very painful. The only way through it is to accept that I'm wrong, and to humble myself. And as we're going to see, we don't really like doing that. Here's an easier response. For me, it's a better response. Find a man-made rule could be a good rule like washing your hands or social distancing but something that I can do, good things to do Then I can say well look, look at me, I'm doing good things even better, I can look round to see how other people are not following my man-made rule. I can even get angry when other people don't follow my chosen rule, and that's very helpful to me, it means I don't have to be in the least bit upset about the way I am not following God's law. You see what's happened? The man-made rule, hand washing or social distancing, has nullified, has got rid of God's rule which says you should love and care about your neighbour and put them first before yourself. Now the Pharisees are of course the ultimate example of that. Here they are getting angry at some people not following rules about handwashing that they had made up while simultaneously plotting someone's murder. And that is definitely a command from God not to murder people. So they're nullifying God's law with their man-made rule and we are supposed to look at that and think how could we be so blind to that? But we're all blind like that. We don't want to bring the searchlight of God's law onto our own lives. So we find man-made rules and we point out how other people are not following them. I get angry that people do not have their dogs on leads. I glare at people. I tell them off when their dog jumps near my child and then I'm glowering about it for the rest of the day. Having a dog on lead, easy rule for me to follow because I don't have a dog. It's the perfect rule for me to be judgmental about. And, of course, while I'm feeling that way about the person not having their dog on a lead, I forget that that person is my neighbour, someone who needs Christ, someone who I have been told to love and, if I can, share the, the care and the love and the grace of God with. That's a command from God. But it's nullified because I'm angry with the person for not following a man-made rule, a particular man-made rule chosen by me for this occasion because it's an easy one for me to follow. Like the Pharisees, it's the tradition of my elders to say, put your knife and fork together when you've finished your meal, say please and thank you, and it's basically easier for me to judge other people against those man-made rules and feel better about myself than to judge and examine myself against God's law. We all do this. The person who says, I don't talk to them anymore, because once they didn't reply to an invitation I sent them. See, man-made rule, you should reply to invitations, nullifying the command to love and forgive people. They're not a good Christian, that person, because they didn't sign up to my router Or attend my prayer meeting or remember my birthday." Okay, but that biblical command to consider others better than yourself is being nullified there, isn't it? Because uh, people didn't follow your man-made rule about remembering birthdays. The person caught committing adultery, he said to the church pastor, well, you aren't following the church constitution much easier to avoid the searchlight of God's law on yourself by pointing out other people's failure to follow man-made rules. It's a clever thing really to do because the man-made rules are often good and right. It is important at this moment to social distance. It is polite to remember birthdays. It's always right to follow the church constitution if you're a church officer. So it's very clever But as soon as it for me becomes a way of establishing my rightness over other people, instead of my own careful repentance for my own failure to follow God's law, well then what Jesus says about me is true. My heart is very far from the real God who wants unity and love between people, who wants real heart change for me, who wants his people to love and bless and serve others, not judge them. Here's a little canary in the mind, a little sign that you might have dropped into thinking this way. Let's take the rule about remembering birthdays. Do you find yourself saying, I always remember people's birthdays. Why can't they remember them? Can you see? You're using that man-made rule as an excuse to, uh, to disobey God's command to show mercy to people who make mistakes. We are, when we do that, just like the pharisees we're honoring gods with our lips but our hearts are far from, from him we even dress it up we say oh it's all about obeying god and they're not doing it but of course if you're behaving that way you're nothing like the kind generous god who always forgives when asked in the way you're treating people your heart is far from him the worship of the real god we see in jesus will not result in me thinking I'm better than other people, it just won't. Many of our doors are closed to the world at the moment and behind those closed doors there could be all sorts of things going on that if looked at under the searchlight of God's word would show that we're getting it wrong. Maybe your impatience is being revealed. Maybe your addiction to pornography is growing. Maybe worse, there's some sort of pattern of physical or emotional abuse happening against people you live with. And the temptation, if that is you, is to throw sand in the eyes of people who are trying to help you by pointing out all their failure to follow man-made rules. It is much easier to spend lockdown looking out the window at my neighbours breaking social distancing rules than it is to spend lockdown reflecting and meditating and facing up to my failure to live the way God says I should. Whether that's doing that with people around me or just the way I am myself. That response, Jesus says, shows a heart that is far from God. It's masquerading as a heart that's very close to God, is very concerned about people doing the right thing. Hence Jesus' strong word. Hypocrisy. He gets us. He gets what we're up to. But here's the second thing Jesus does. Jesus tells us why it doesn't work. Jesus calls the crowd, people who up to them would have been people listening to the Pharisees, and says, listen, it's not what you eat with clean or unclean hands that really makes you defiled. Whether you eat with uh, washed or unwashed hands, that doesn't make a difference to the person you are. It just goes into your stomach and out of your body which is a polite way of putting it. People who were defiled, who were unclean in some way, they were people who couldn't approach a perfectly clean God. But Jesus says, how could eating something make you unable to approach God? The disciples don't get it, so Jesus explains to them. He says, come on, guys, you can see. The stuff that makes you unclean, defiled, unable to approach God, it's not something that goes into you. It's something that comes out of you. The things that I do that actually break God's laws, and he gives a long list here, sexual immorality, stealing, hating, lying, being jealous, they don't come from anywhere outside me at all. So hand washing or any other religious action won't solve them. I produce those things from inside me. They come from my heart. A phrase the Bible uses to mean the very centre of my being. The stuff that comes from inside me makes me unable to know God. And that means this whole Pharisee way of dealing with it, pointing out that you have kept some other man-made rule, it doesn't really address the issue of what makes us unclean at all. It may well be you are the perfect social distancer. But as you keep your social distancing rules, you are intensely jealous of people who are in a different situation to you. That's coming out of you. It's breaking God's law. And so if Jesus is right, the wrong thing to do when you come face to face with what you're really like, is to try and point out all the things that other people are doing wrong. It may be true that you're better at keeping some sort of rule than someone else near you, but that doesn't get anywhere near the heart of the problem. The stuff that separates you from God is coming from inside you. People accept this in theory, sound Christians do, but as soon as they are caught out doing something wrong, they deny that it's coming from inside them. Everybody does it. The person who cheats on their partner blames their partner. The, the abuser says about the abused person, they drove me to it. The gossip says, they're such a terrible person, I needed a safety valve. Oh, I wasn't able to get one because I had used up all of my government allotted shopping trips. But say I had a lemon here and I put the lemon under pressure, I squeezed it. What would come out of the lemon would be lemon juice. Why? because it has lemon juice inside it. Now, we can be married to someone difficult. People do tempt us to do bad things. People do do things that are worth gossiping about because they're terrible. But when that stuff comes out of me under pressure, it's because it was in me to be squeezed out. And at this moment in time, many of us are under extreme pressure we're doing difficult work, or we're mentally exhausted, or we're suffering severe loneliness. If we react to that with criticism and judgmentalism, with envy and slander, we have no humility to be corrected. It's not the fault of the situation. It's that what was really inside us is being squeezed out of us by stress. You know, I'd love to be able to blame my impatience with my family on this stressful situation we're all in. But the stressful situation is only squeezing out of me what was already there. And Jesus says that really does make us defiled and unclean. It really does mean we are messed up, unable to approach a perfectly holy and pure God. When I was growing up, if you were caught doing something, you were snared. And if you're caught doing something totally red handed, they used to say, you're snared a beezer. Well, Jesus has snared us a beezer here. It feels harsh for these moments when we're facing stress and difficulty to be saying our bad responses to that come out from, from, where, from us. They, they are our responses, but we can't deny it. He's caught us red handed. But there's good news to come. Third thing we see, Jesus helps the humble. Jesus moves on out of uh, dealing with the Pharisees to an area where people weren't Jewish at all. Didn't follow any of the religious rules the Pharisees thought were right. And this woman whose daughter was possessed by an impure or unclean spirit comes to ask Jesus for help. She's Greek and she's born in this area, Mark tells us, is underlining to us she is the last person who could have expected to be clean, to be undefiled. And Jesus gives her a very strange answer. Uh, He actually leaves us with the question of, um, did Jesus call this woman a dog? Jesus is talking as she would have understood that he, a saviour for Jewish people, would be surprised that someone so unclean, so out of that group, would have been asking him for help. And she says this very interesting thing, even dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. This is what we see about this woman. She realizes she can't expect to to receive Jesus' help because of anything about her. It's the opposite of the Pharisees pointing out the faults of others and the way they keep their rules. She says, I have no right to this at all. I'm like a dog looking for crumbs under a table. And Jesus says, because of that answer, the demon has left your daughter. And with a word, this uncleanness of this woman is gone. She's not separated from the help God can give her anymore. And the impure spirit is gone from her daughter. With a word from Jesus, uncleanness, impurity, defilement is dealt with. I'll be honest with you, as I've studied this, I felt pretty uncomfortable with this conversation. Is Jesus trying to humiliate this woman? But to be honest, I've become more and more uncomfortable with lots of Jesus healings through this bit of Mark. He does lots of things which we would perceive to be humiliating. He sticks his fingers into someone's ears. He spits in someone's face. And we know he can heal just with words, don't we? So why is he behaving in this way? Well, Jesus knows our problem. He knows we're so committed to ignoring the real state of our heart, so committed to ignoring our selfishness, so committed to judging others for uh, not keeping up with man-made rules as a way of exonerating ourselves. We're committed to that because we are proud. Now Jesus is always happy to help us. He's happy to help all sorts of people but if you're still committed to thinking you're really great because there's some man-made rule you followed, you can't be helped. If you're committed to your own self-esteem thinking you're a good person because you're better than that person over there, you can't be helped by Jesus. You will only accept the totally gracious offer of help dependent on him, not on you at all, if you think you really need it. Humility is the only path to help. So I'm uncomfortable with this story. But it's interesting that Christians who have gone before us have valued this story so much, they've put it into the traditional communion service. Uh, A prayer that everybody has to say. If you go to a traditional Church of England, communion service, you will have to say these words. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy, we are not worthy so much to gather up the crumbs under your table. It's a very modern thing to find that offensive. The Christians who went before us knew the only way to access the great blessing of being made king by God's kindness is to be humble and know you need it. And of course, what this woman gets from Jesus is much more than crumbs. She gets exactly the joyful freedom from being defiled that she was looking for. That's important to see. Jesus never humbles people in order to humiliate them that they feel bad or rubbish or so their human dignity is removed. He says, uh, please humble yourself so you can walk towards me. And wow, the blessings you will get if you walk through that door. But the little small gateway to that amazing place of being clean is seeing you're not worthy even for crumbs. Listen, if you come to Jesus today trying to insist that you aren't that bad because The badness from you is other people's fault didn't come from you well no deal and if you come to Jesus saying well I'm not as bad as that person because I follow this rule and they don't no deal you know there are many many people who feel like they don't really connect with Jesus and know him and enjoy him and love him and it's because they're still trying to practice Pharisee religion they think Jesus is nice and he's good and it's nice he wants to be kind to us but I am still better than that person over there and the bad things I do they're not my fault well if though you think those things are true about yourself you definitely don't think you need Jesus and that's the only qualification for getting his help the view of yourself in truth view of myself in truth is that we are not even worthy to gather up the crumbs under this table. But the amazing thing is when we see that, that is a gateway to much more than crumbs to joy, freedom from the being made clean that comes from Jesus. At the moment I can't look you in the eye, but if I could look you in the eye, no, I would say listen, I'm a human being like you. So I know you have found out the some things about yourself in this time of stress that you would rather not have known. And you could be fending off that feeling by saying well I'm better than that person because I'm good at doing this thing. Or you could be fending off that feeling by saying it's not my fault it's the pressure that's creating this reaction. And so you haven't found this bit of the Bible at all reassuring for your time of need. But can I say, it's one of the things we love about Jesus. He doesn't pretend. He doesn't mince his words. He confronts the brutal facts. He says, listen, the problem between you and God is that you are defiled and unclean before him. And you can't blame anyone else. And you can't point at your ability to keep some other rule, even if it's a good one or other people's failure to keep it. But I, Jesus, want to help you if you will just accept your predicament. As you walk low to get through a little door, you find on the other side, a connection with God previously impossible because of our hearts. And if you've only seen that for the first time today, can I encourage you humbly accept that you are wrong, but that he will give you help and let him make you clean. But maybe you are a Christian, but you recognise yourself in the Pharisee, that terrible words Jesus says, your hearts are far from me. Mere are made clean and right with God. It involves humbling ourselves. Everything changes from that moment because we have gone from trying to lift ourselves up and show we are okay to just sort of saying, I don't even deserve crumbs, but I've received this cleanness from Jesus and I want to lift him up. As you humble and lower yourself and accept cleanness as a gift from Jesus, your heart can be changed so you do actually worship God, not just with lips, but with your heart. Now in these lockdown times or these times of stress that this situation is calling us, there is a way through all of this that doesn't involve denying our fault or pointing at other people. We can use this time to reflect and humble ourselves but then enjoy Jesus' grace and kindness to us. And who knows, this may be the time we learn to worship because he's changed our hearts. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to come out of this time? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for those words, that prayer. We are not even worthy to gather up the crumbs under your table. And thank you that though that is true, You love making us clean and lifting us up and giving us more than we could have dreamed of. We pray you will give us real uh, insight into what we're really like and real enjoyment uh, of Jesus' grace that leads us to worship from our hearts. We ask you to do that work in us. In Jesus' name, Amen.